Hey, doing, ladies and gentlemen, Corey Bosman I'm here to host the Conversations with Corey podcast and a person around the social media page, Football of Kentucky. Today's guest is former WWE superstar, better known as Damian Sandow, Aaron Stevens. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm wonderful. How are you, Corey? Doing good, doing good. First, fall in love with professional wrestling. And when did you know that that you wanted to ensue and pursue? Uh, so I was five years old at a department store with my mother, and there were these old school arcade games um, past the checkout line. And one of them happened to be wrestling. Uh, if I I behaved myself. I was able to go play one. So my mother gave me a quarter and uh, I happened to put it in the wrestling game one. Didn't know what I was doing. I, I distinctly remember I was about probably five years old, I want to say. Yeah, no yeah. more than five. Uh, and, and so I remember it in flashes, but I remember the, the stool that I stood on to have to go see and stuff. And I didn't know what I was doing. I lost. And then the character began to taunt me, at which point uh, the five-year-old me became incensed and said I was going to be a wrestler. So essentially, uh, 11 years later, yeah. I I found myself at the Killer Kowalski's wrestling school in Malden, Massachusetts, which I grew up in North Oxford, which is a very small town south of Worcester, and um, ended up kind of meeting Killer Kowalski at an indie show. Bada bing, bada boom, ended up uh, getting accepted there. Uh, I was the first person under 18 he accepted. So I, I pretty much, you know, it was a, uh, a very physical education, shall we say. Like I remember a senior junior prom, I forget. Perry Saturn had kind of gotten in there and like put me in a hold. And, you know, I mean, it's not, it's just, Sounds a lot worse than it is, but like sometimes when you're when you're doing this thing, like you can have a the blood vessels behind your eyes can kind of break. So I had these red kind of Terminator looking eyes. So I had to have sunglasses on for that. But uh, I still had fun at the prom and I had actually had fun at both of them. Um, and then just kind of like it, it was weird, you know, when, when you get accepted into that world, which I, yeah. I recently made the comment that pro wrestling used to be a secret society and people have now turned it into a public pool where if some of the things it's true. like it's, you're not wrong. Yeah. Some of the things that I had to go through, I did not constitute as abusive or anything else. It was part of what you had to do. And now I have seen people complain publicly for way less. You know, look, it was a different time. It's fine. I just kind of, you know, at what point, I mean, if every generation is softer than the next, it's at some point we need to, uh, you know, kind of rein it in. And I think like the, it's a very lackadaisical attitude, like, oh, anyone can do this and everyone is great and this and that. Well, yeah, you know what? No, everyone can't because there's a lot of wrestling out there that is, it's embarrassing. You know, I don't do a lot of indie shows um, because I'm frankly embarrassed to be on the poster with some of these people. And I don't need the money that much. So it's like, no, but that, but not, that that's the God's honest truth. Like the people ask yeah. me, why don't you do indies? Because I think the quality um, for most indies has yeah. just plummeted so much. Now, there's exceptions to every rule. Dave Hero, um, yeah. you know, in Wisconsin, phenomenal promoter absolutely phenomenal promoter the guy is first class he does it right you know he's currently i think you know has a relationship with obw which is great you know i'm happy to to kind of pop an ob i mean obw is not an indie it's a tv company i believe there are people that know what they're doing but um across the board we've seen such a a lowering of the standard that mm -hmm. there is no criteria and i mean none you don't even need a pair of boots to get in the business you know i mean any jerk with a pair of sneakers and a cell phone camera can claim that that they're in the wrestling business if they film themselves doing a promo or jumping off their garage or or some yeah. ring in a you know whatever with, with three people and they're going through yep. light tubes and stuff like that no i mean look if you want to do that to your body that's fine right i have no delusions of trying to like you know govern people's lives by this right like do what you want to do people mm -hmm. are entitled to be stupid don't call it 
professional wrestling because that is not what I do. And I will defend that to anyone. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I want to stick on the uh, the lack of seriousness when it comes to independent stuff. I've seen something. It might have been Matt Cardone, Zach Ryder. It might have been him that shared it because he's been tearing it up on independent scenes and everything else. Somebody well-known, I got. I want to say it's Matt, said like he did some show and the, the promoter couldn't even afford to have water, like bare basic necessities backstage. And it's like you just made me think about that. But what you said in regards, you got people like Joe Schmoes out here trying to do something and it's just it it, it, it waters it down the overall product people that put in the hard work and stuff it makes a mockery of it if you will yeah 100 without a doubt without question what was your time like with mike the miz man a lot of fun a lot of fun him and i uh we were always friends in ovw um and just uh you know again very much we have the same mindset so when it was time to uh to kind of like do some business in wwe it was just very much like okay this is uh this is the game plan and let's rock and uh he was extremely giving to me i was giving to him it was a very kind of mutual relationship uh, as far as performers go you know like we we respected each other we put the people first truly we truly put the people first and i think that's why you see miz you know has had the career he's had because he knows what the industry is now i did some more researching on you uh you got into uh shakespearean acting or shakespearean classes or something is that correct yeah i mean i, I did a little bit like um studied a little bit with kentucky shakespeare uh of course our friend daniel hill uh who is a uh a very very incredible actually Shakespearean actor and he's had uh, tons of success out in Hollywood um you know that that's been that's been cool and I think like the biggest thing like what I noticed from wrestling where you have to, wrestling is very Shakespearean extremely extremely Shakespearean and that your gestures have to be grand and your facial expressions and it's it's made for the stage right yeah um and then with film, uh, it's a lot more subtle. So Daniel really kind of helped me trim down to the bare bones of what um, you know I needed to do as an actor. So I, I kind of am not as active in the Shakespeare scene, only because it's just kind of like where I'm wanting to go. It's more like the film and TV end of it, you know. Although um, you know, I believe true actors are like they're made in the theater. So like, although I yeah. never had any aspirations, you know, to go and and do Shakespeare and and you know, kind of Broadway and all that stuff. Um, I do think that at some level, a basic understanding of it, because that's where film and TV, as we know it, came from, whether we like it or not. And yep. um, so, so to have a basic, at least understanding of it, um, it's crucial. Did you now, did you do that before your Damien Sandow character became famous? Because once I no. found that out, okay, I didn't know if you did or not. No. I was like, well, that that explains his Damien character perfectly. I was like, oh, okay, cool. No, that that I can attribute, or, uh, attribute to that uh switch in my brain that i uh you know when it comes time to perform yeah. it just you just got to do off, it it goes off and everything works out so <laughs> what was your time was that would you have to say that probably is one of your favorite characters that you've uh oh sandow oh without a doubt i mean there there was such a rich character in the sense of like there were so many layers to it you know i always thought it was a shame we didn't explore the baby face side of it um and really didn't get the full extent of the heel side of it if we're being very honest so there was just Right. To, you know, again, one of those things, but it's um, and then little bits of the character itself, you know, it, it rears its head um, in, in terms of what I'm doing and things like that, mm -hmm. um, which is you know it's always fun. Do you ever have to give anybody a receipt? I don't talk about that kind of thing to me. That's 
right, you, got, you ain't got to explain yourself. You're good. Oh, no, it's okay. Because I, I at least like to give an explanation why. Um, I got you. What happens in the ring is sacred. What happens in the locker room is sacred. And it, it kind of, um, you know, one of my friends wrote a book. Actually, his second book now. It's bestseller on the New York Times list. And um, first one was as well. And what I loved about it is like when he was writing it, him and I were talking. They're wanting him to kind of like tell what happened and, you know, like the inside, kind of the dirt. And he said, no, because you know what? When you go into the locker room, that is for the talent. And that, and that goes back to what we were talking about before, mm -hmm. respecting the business. Correct. And when yeah. you can't allow everybody in the locker room because that takes away from the sacredness of it. And then what goes on in the ring, you know, I, I'm just not going to because you never know. Right. Like when you when you yeah. talk about something, it's in perpetuity and things can be misconstrued. So, like, if I ever had to give someone a receipt, I can assure you that um, everything is squared away and everything's fine, no matter who they are. So we're good. <laughs> Besides, besides the Miz, who did you like working with the most in WWE? Uh, Usos were incredible. Dolph's great. Speaking of him, I hate, I hate, I hate how he got done. Oh, it burns horrible. me up. Horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible. And um, and again, I, I think now where look, it, it it is what it is, and I'm not I'm not knocking any product, right? But like, look at music, how it has become what what's mainstream is so watered down, right? It's zero substance. We create our stars on reality shows. You know, look, where are the Bob Dylans of today? Uh, they're out there, but no one wants to touch them because they have something to say, right? Mm. Uh, in yeah. wrestling, you have these true characters, and characters have always been the new nucleus of the wrestling industry mm -hmm. because the general public identifying with these characters um on a on a human level to some degree via um they want to live vicariously through them they want to see them get punched in the face however kind of the chips fall it's going away because it's like the focus now okay who can do the coolest move now cool moves are awesome but i, I always said this if you were to give me your favorite action movie and you were the only thing you watch is the explosions and the fight scenes. Is the movie going to be the same? And will those scenes have the same effect? Right? No, no, because you don't care about who's doing it. We become so desensitized. Exactly. We become desensitized to this. And, and wrestling is no different. Where fans have now become desensitized to these amazing stunts. Nobody cares about who's doing them. But I also think, from a bigger perspective, um, especially now when, when you see like far more of a corporate presence even more than ever now in the WWE, um, why would you invest in talent when the name WWE is going to sell tickets, your talent will go out there and perform, and you don't have to really have anybody become a big star because they don't need you anymore. You know, that's the formula that we've seen since WCW has gone out of business. Definitely, definitely. It definitely is, is correct. At what point in time did you realize your run in WWE was going to come to an end? And when, once you did realize that, were you kind of like having thoughts of not necessarily sadness, but like kind of sorrowish, like you didn't get to finish what you wanted? No, no. I mean, here, here's the reality of it. WrestleMania, uh, whatever the hell it was with Miz and I, where I was supposed to win the Battle Royal. They tell me like an hour or two before I'm not going to. Okay, whatever. So when I did the turn on him uh, and, and they let, you know, they let me put together the whole thing. I did it. People went nuts. And, you know, it, it was thrown away afterwards. But I, I just kind of had it like to myself, I'm like, all right, cool. I've done everything I want to do. And I didn't want to make any stupid decisions. So I waited another year. And then it was after WrestleMania the following year, I went to um, Mark Carano. And I was like, look, I'm not happy here. Can you just please release me? No, we can't do that. And then two weeks later, they did with a bunch of other people. So that's fine. Like that, it is what it is. I don't like. Yeah. I got what I wanted. They got what they wanted. And like anything else, you just can't become too emotionally invested in it. I mean, okay, at the end of the day, yeah, I was supposed. To, you know, I was on track to be world champion. Um, 
And then for a while that stung. Like I got a better reaction than the world champion at WrestleMania. So it ain't nothing that I did. You know what I mean? And that's just that's that's the way it is. That that's the reality of it. With new people running WWE, have you ever gave it any thoughts of potentially going back? No. Nope. No, I, I just, again, you never say never, but like to me, I've had no contact with them since I left. Um, my life is great. I, I'm kind of looking looking to the future more, you know? And that, that again, they're they're a big part of who I was. Wrestling's a big part of who I was. Um, but it's not everything. And and it's it's definitely like something that has you have to continue to evolve and go forward and you know, see where um where the chips fall and what life brings you. Right. Now you're still involved with NWA if memory serves me correct, right? Yes. How long yep. how long is that supposed to go on? Excuse me? What's the the question? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is like you you signed a contract with NWA. Yeah. How long? Oh, does, oh yes, yes. Yeah, sorry um, about that. Oh, no problem. Yeah, no, I um I got six months with NWA. Um, and that's uh again been very happy there. They I was out of the business completely. Got a call to go back. Um, I'll check it out. Ended up being awesome. And uh, just it, it, it's a really it, it's. I say NWA, I'm doing it for, it's not for me, because again, when I'm performing, I take me out of the equation, it's all about the fans, but more the backstage stuff, being around, you know, people I like, just, it, it's good for my soul, shall we say. And, uh, and again, I, I love uh, just the, I say the unpredictability, but it, it's, it's, it's really like, like when I, here, here's the bottom line, when I'm getting on a plane to go to work at NWA, I'm smiling, right? And when I'm at work, I'm smiling. Right. And, and that, that is everything, right? That's, and I, I cannot say the same for any other promotion I've worked for. What do you think wrestling lacks the most today? Characters, without a doubt, characters. Characters and long form storytelling, you know? We have to adjust with the media climate, right? No, no matter what, right? How you view entertainment. And like, we have a world of Instagram, you know, 15, 30 second videos, all that, excuse me. And people's attention spans are shorter and that's, it's understandable. But guess what? People still go to the movies. They still watch TV. And I think wrestling needs to kind of think of the long term as opposed to, you know, the quick fix, quick fix, quick fix. And, um, there's also, I think, a lack of true promoters out there that know how to have a vision, you know, to to chart a proper course, number one, to get the right crew on the ship. Right. Because yeah. they ain't got the right crew. And that goes from camera operators to talent. Um, and they have to be the right number of people. And then to execute the course to reach your destination. And that's, that's a, you know, I think that's a big problem. Now, Kevin Dunn, I'm sure you know who that mm -hmm. is, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was very shocked to see the news come out where it said that he was leaving the company because Kevin had been there since the Stone Age. I mean, as long as I've watched wrestling, come to an end. What? Yeah. All things come to an end. And, uh, you know, look, here's the reality. When people leave, the machine goes on. Kevin understands that. Uh, the man's done a lot for the company. The man was Vince's right-hand man. You know, I, I think with current administration changing, that was just to be expected. So, yeah. You know, look, uh, I'm not going to bow down to anybody. Oh, it's so sad. No, I mean, the man had a paycheck for a long time, had a very good paycheck for a long time. Good. <laughs> now go live wherever you want to live, enjoy your retirement, or go do something else. Who cares? And I have nothing against Kevin, but it's like, you know, um, that that's just the way it is, right? Like, there's, in business, there has to be a coldness, right? Like, when I, and, and to your earlier question, like, when I left WWE, there wasn't sad or anything like that. No, it was just like, okay, this is it. Move on. Like, I don't get emotional over that anymore, you know? When I was a kid, I did when i was younger i did but now no it is what it is okay i think kevin will be just fine oh yeah for sure it's just like he's been so monumental in a lot of the success of the company it's just crazy yeah. when people like that leave yeah but you know look at the product the last 10 years you know 
again, globally. Yeah. Globally. And again, all that matters is numbers. Fine. The WWE name is selling. But in terms of quality, look, McDonald's hamburgers. I'm sure those things tasted better when there was one or two stores, right? Yeah. yeah. Now they're everywhere. The numbers are great and their food sucks. I mean, uh, and I, that's just my opinion, but like, uh, no, I, quality of it, you know, the pickles get thinner and the ketchup is just not on point, whatever. Right. But, but no, that, that's I, it. Right. That's the name of the game. That's kind of how, in my opinion, how, um, have I've always viewed it. I, I get what you're saying. It's kind of like the mindset of quality over quantity. And then in return, when you get a lot of success, some people reverse that and go quantity over quality, which at yeah. the end result is not the right way to do it. That's what it is, you know, but again, everyone, um, everyone's playing with different chips. Everyone has, uh, everyone has their own board really. So like you gotta go with the flow, as they say, and do the best you can. What's one of your favorite, uh, moments of your wrestling career? It doesn't have to be WWE. But like something that you say you made you the most proud of yourself. Uh, well, coming out of the pandemic, I was fat as hell. Um, hadn't been with Jim. I was living in California, which was the worst place to be during the pandemic. Absolutely abysmal, abysmal place. And got a call that I had to go wrestle uh, Nick Aldis in a tribute match. My friend, the question mark, who had passed away. So to me, it was just like, all right, whatever. And um, 15, 20 minute match, I forgot. I was out of shape. I was this and I hadn't really wrestled in over a year, but uh, kind of went out there, rocked it, gave um, one of the best, in my opinion, main events. And other people told me that in terms of just pure match, um, just like a pure wrestling match uh, that NWA seen. And um, so that was I was proud of that. And, and, and to me, like, it's about creating moments. It's not about, you know, oh, I won this and I won that. No, it's about, like, creating these moments that can be etched in people's minds. And then when they think about them years later, they smile. That, to me, is what truly kind of a top-level performer does, right? Where it's able to transcend it. And, and, and although, like I said, you know, from an office standpoint, you guys, oh, your booking was bad and you're this or that. Like, all right. Um, but you know what? I was able to work through it. And that's, that's always kind of been my my proudest achievement more or less have you had time or a chance to check out aew and if so what what's your thoughts on it because a lot of people i've seen are saying it's kind of eerie of the wcw-ness from back in the day when they try to compete against the machine that is uh wwe i saw like and i flipped through the channels i'll catch it occasionally i remember months ago i was flipping through and i saw jeff jarrett it was a tag match and the crowd was going absolutely nuts and they weren't doing a million moves. The crowd was emotionally invested. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Then the match later, people went out there and completely, you know, disregarded anything that was done before them, tried to do their own thing. And that's fine. And, that, and that's why here's also the reality, right? You're going to see a lot more flashes in the pan. There are people that, oh, my God, these these guys are great stars. They're big stars. They're big. No, they're not. Because when you take their moves away, when you take their inability to connect with an audience and you take a complete set of, I mean, abhorrent promo skills just because they're acrobats that doesn't make them stars. They're stuntmen and women. That's it. Mm. I mean, that is, and, and I don't mean to sound harsh, but that's my opinion. I'm not going to name names, but just watch the product and see how people react to people. You know, aside from the initial, oh, wow, so-and-so is here on AEW or here in WWE. What do they do past that? What do they do to stand out? No, I mean, that, that's <laughs> the truth, right? Like, no, I've been... MJF yeah. is the exception. Wardlow was doing incredible. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it's certainly no fault of his because he simply wasn't being used. Yeah, I was kind but of. He was somebody I was a fan of, you know, um, uh, and MJF doing wonderful, right? 
he, he's been able to, all right, everyone is focusing on one thing. Reminds I'm, me of, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say MJF reminds me of a young Miz as far as yeah, his, his, yeah. his ability to be so quick with it when it comes to yeah. uh, performance and mic work. Yeah. Uh, I think I know some of those guys that you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I watch it. Yeah, I, it's hard <laughs> It's hard for me to watch that specific product anymore, mm-hmm. given the lack of overall care. Like, you can just tell, like, it's just Jimmy's and Joe's, and Joe runs the Jimmy's. It's just yeah. bad overall. It's horrible. It's, again, love, the product speaks for itself. What, and that's whatever product we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, good, bad, or indifferent, right? What advice could you give to a male or female wrestler that's getting into the business, given how long you've been involved and what you've been able to see and do? What would you give advice-wise to them? I, I mean, females, I don't, like I said, I don't treat females any different than males. Um, I don't, I, there is, I don't that's make good it for the business. Yeah. I, I think that if you're a female, you should do the same thing as a male should do. Not that anyone does it, but have a, a trainer that has done something. If someone has a wrestling school and you are not able to Google their name and like they don't have a Wikipedia page. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll start there. Um, and on that Wikipedia page, if they have not, and, and you look them up, if they have not made money for a major company and done this for a living, big difference. When you wrestle for a living, it is not the same as being a weekend warrior and just teaching people how to bump and breaking them in. Sorry. If wrestling has never been your primary source of income, there is only so much you are able to teach people. Now, if you can't afford to move, and xyz and someone has a school and there are testimonials of people who have made money saying hey i support this person maybe check them out right um and it would be worth doing if you've never heard of the person and they just run a bunch of independent shows they're not worth training because if you learn like you're you're not going or most likely you will not get the right information and why would you want to pay money to do that so yeah again find a reputable reputable trainer is the only thing i can say now i recently seen you on uh fox news uh through that uh what you're dealing with that is that something that's going to be reoccurring oh yeah I, I, that was uh that was a lot of fun um so again a uh, dear friend of mine tyrus um we've been friends for a long time we actually have a podcast uh together and um he hit me up he said hey you know gonna be hosting gutfield um i think it'd like producers said it was okay you know this and that um want to come on sure went to new york um had a great time and it was just again it was very conversational which was awesome i um i really really had a good time and uh i just uh i, I enjoyed it it's, it's always good to you know and then be able to catch up with your friends too so dusty road stories going on behind the scenes with man, us, yeah. <laughs> man that stuff i hear in a name like that just automatically kind of gets you emotional oh yeah no i i can understand yeah i got a few more questions for you before mm-hmm. we end this i know you're busy um so i don't want to keep you too long at what point does a person need to realize that their time in the sport is kind of rain its course because you see some people and i'm just speaking in general when i say this i'm not singling any any wrestler out specifically i'm just saying this in general like at what point do you think a person needs to realize that their time's up that it's ran its course if that makes sense i would say like if you can have an honest conversation with yourself in front of the mirror um so obviously what do you look like and what are the people buying Mm. you know uh that would be the best way but in a business full of a lot of delusional people i think you have to just like rip rogers had a saying and i'm I'm paraphrasing it but you never quit the business the business just quits booking you um that 
that's a good way to tell, you know, and, and, and I think the key is not to hang on to it. Like, cause I, I'm, I'm the type of person that when I am done with something, I'm done. And it, it takes a lot for me to get there. But, um, you know, I'm the same way, like I said, with with relationships, with um, with a lot. Right. Like when, when you reach a certain point and, and there is essentially I don't want to say there's no chance of of any kind of hope or amendment in any way. Um, but like what you would if what you would have to do to amend whatever is greater than the effort you are willing to put in that is the ultimate arbiter of like what decision to make next. Does that make sense? No, no yeah, for sure. I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. What's one of the hardest things you've ever had to overcome your overcoming your life. It could be uh, myself. wrestling <laughs> myself, my own. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a really, really interesting, uh, interesting life living inside this head. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like anything, right. Performers, we're always, um, we always tend to overthink and, just a, a bunch of shit. So I, I, I oh, excuse me, let me cuss, but um, I've, um, who gives a shit? You're good. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, uh, yeah, like I, I have been my own worst enemy in a lot of cases. And, um, and again, that's just from being honest. And, uh, you know, now I, I think I'm at a point where like I'm able to kind of see things from a bigger, bigger uh, perspective. I want to get your thoughts on the bloodline. And then I have one more question after that. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on that and the storytelling? of Roman Reigns. So I haven't seen really that. Um, okay. You know, to, to a performer, I think Roman is as good as a performer um, as the business has today. Um, I know the Usos, they are just so incredible. Good. Incredible. Um, yeah. So that's like, I mean, th th those guys like they're, they're really, um, you know, kind of, I think the last of their kind in terms of, just really like how to do this and how to present it as such, you know? And I mean, and of course, like there's Randy Orton and all like, I'm that, that I'm not counting those guys, but in terms of like, you know, the, uh, in the last 10, 12 years, what we've seen. Yeah. I, I think those, those guys really, they stand out to me and I don't watch it, but you know, I, I would put them on the top of any card. All right. What's your thoughts on people out there that say wrestling's fake? I say congratulations in the world today with, we have MMA, we have box wrestling. Really? <laughs> You know, hey, guess what? So was Rocky versus Ivan Drago. <laughs> no, but I mean, that, that's right. Like, wrestlers are, okay, I, like, I like how you said that. Congratulations. Hey, hey if, if, if they're going to they're gonna accuse wrestling of being fake, they're going to get a real response. And that's the truth, right? Like, yes, it is entertainment. Congratulations for, for pointing that out. You know what I mean? Like, like, then that's it, right? Like, that's just, that's how it is, you know? 2024. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just I just like how you said that, man. <laughs> Aaron, I want to thank you for your time. I know thank you're you, busy Corey. out there. I look forward to chatting with you yeah. again soon, sir. You take care, Absolutely. brother. Thank you. You got yes, it. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Bye.